0: Welcome to the Brown Girl Rising podcast. I'm your host Uri Rishi, and I'm so happy to have you here. We are here to celebrate you and incredible inspirational women of colour from around the world. Women who are breaking down cultural barriers, who are smashing through glass ceilings and women who have experienced trauma and challenges and risen from these challenges. I'm so excited, so let's dive in. Good morning, brown girl. How are you today? It is the 21st of July, and this is your host, Uri Rishi. I've decided to come on and do a very random, sporadic podcast today, actually. So there's lots going on. Um, but one of the big things that have happened this week is something that came to my attention, that it's South Asian Heritage Month. So this month goes from July the 18th to August the 17th. And it is here to celebrate and recognise the diverse cultures and histories and contributions that a South Asian people have, you know, given and contributed to the UK and I think it's beautiful but thinking back you know when I was growing up honestly this didn't exist and I remember growing up having to navigate my dual identity and most of the time wanting to be more anglicized than say I was so going to school I'd want to roll up my skirt um, and you know, wear shorter t- you know, wear shorter skirts or tighter tops, etc., to be more anglicized. But at the weekends there'd be, you know, events and weddings where I was the this-y version of me. And it was like I had to navigate these dual cultures. At at school I'd eat sandwiches and crisps at lunchtime. And at home, it would be roti, shark, or uh, roti and sabji for those Punjabi sisters out there. You know, we would eat the desi or the South Asian food. And I remember, like, wanting to make sure that my clothes wouldn't smell when I went to school. And so I would air them out by the window every night, you know, because I'd been into families, homes, or you could smell, like, that oil that had been used over and over again on people's clothing, right? And so things like that were embarrassing to me. My heritage at some point was embarrassing as a child growing up. And I think that's down to, I guess, the um, the colonization of our Asian, South Asian countries, right, by the British rule. And when the British came Things were things like yoga weren't allowed anymore because they were seen as weird witchy practices. you know we were told that Christianity was the faith that we had to follow, and you know a lot of India is now christian um you know, a lot of other South Asian countries are you know have some Christian heritage in them, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that you know it was one of the reasons that. You know, a community of people in South Asia had been colonised and were then taught to live in a different fashion, which was more British, more Anglicised. And our diverse cultures kind of got diluted as we were invited to come to the UK and create quote unquote, better lives in the UK. And one thing I'm thankful for now as a 42-year-old woman is the fact that our parents, as much as they had to come to this country as, you know, young children um, in the kind of 70s, I think that's when my parents came across, um, you know, and had to fit into this new white british anglicized way of life in terms of going to school college work um pubs were a new thing for us you know um racism was like incredible incredibly like crazy at that point you know they had to deal with all of that yet they managed to keep their communities alive and There's this one program on BBC called Back in Time for Birmingham where they take one, um, I think Muslim family, Pakistani family, back to the 50s and take them through the five decades of how life changed as people were coming into this country. And it's such an interesting watch. And I remember watching it and being so emotional because in the 50s when like, your grandfathers or your fathers came over um, or whenever it was, you know they came over as men and men only, they left their women behind. And I think that's where this whole sending money back to the motherland comes from, right? To look after the family. And I know some people still do it today. And then in the 60s and 70s, the wives and the daughters started coming over. And it's just incredible to see how we adapted. And back in the day, like when the men came over on their own, they used to live in like bedsits, Like three or four men would live in one place and go out to work and share this space. And and that's where like masala beans came from, right? They used to used to try and cook and eat as cheap as possible so they could send the money home to the people that they loved. And masala beans came from that kind of an era. And It's just interesting to see that when we came into this country and the women started coming in, then we started having the daughters and we started creating communities and our communities were our family, not beyond, but our family. So you would have people come in and you'd have like potluck parties. And now I'm going back to my childhood now in the 90s where my dad um, lived in or when I was born, my dad lived with his brothers and their wives and their kids plus also my grandma in a three-bedroom house tiny little thing in Leicester which was a terrace house and it was incredible but it wasn't great all the time right families split up sometimes because of that and lose that community but my dad was lucky because and we were lucky because my dad had this beautiful group of college friends there was five five boys who have some incredible stories about you know getting locked up in Blackpool um after a weekend trip there to the beach and you know walking up Ben Nevis I mean my dad's walked up Ben Nevis and I didn't even do know know about that and I've walked up Snowdon and now I'm like I can't do Ben Nevis I'm too old for that but you know the man's done it losing cars like I think their story was they walked up Ben Nevis and They couldn't find their car. And, you know, he had this beautiful group of, like, male friends, like their own brotherhood. And as they all got married and had children, they kept that connection alive. And I remember going to what we call my kakas and kakis now because, you know, they're my dad's brothers, technically, um, homes. As we were growing up, having the best parties, Diwali's, Christmas, Navratri, you know, all these, like, holy, all these events we'd go to people's houses and the mums would bring dishes like that's what it was everybody would bring dishes and they became known as potluck parties right and we'd go with our potluck whatever you would bring but actually they started organizing what they wanted to bring as well and they'd go to these potluck parties and we'd all just literally eat And drink and be merry and it was at one of these potluck parties at at the age of 30 and I had my first taste of alcohol and you know it was a safe environment and so as much as I had this I also wanted my anglicized life but I'm so thankful for my parents and you know their family and their friends for keeping that alive because the British patriarchy and the, the society that we've come into has meant That instead of living in these beautiful communities and these big homes where all the family lived together around a courtyard back in like the homeland, we would be here and we'd create our own families, right? So the mother and the father became the matriarch and the patriarch of the family and their kids, right? And they would have their own home. So eventually, everyone in that three bedroom terrace house in Leicester bought their own places and we all kind of segregated ourselves and we all became these independent silos and you'd see them maybe once or twice or three times a year and nowadays it literally is that you see them at weddings or birthdays and literally that's it I do not have like communication with a lot of my cousins which is really sad so you know I'm really thankful that South Asian Heritage Month is a thing and It's so beautiful to see that finally, I think it's been going on for three years now, but finally that we are celebrating us. We're celebrating everything, our diverse cultures, you know, from Afghanistan to Pakistan to Bangladesh to India, to all those South Asian countries, to Iran, all those South Asian countries, including Sri Lanka, Nepal, Maldives. And we're celebrating us as a heritage, as tradition, as people with roots that are rich in colour, in art, in film, in music, in science. And one of the things that has happened, you know, just before UK South Asian Heritage Month is on the 14th of July, India uh, launched Chandrayaan 3. Um, which was a moon uh expedition, and it will be if it lands one of the first uh aircraft to land on the south pole of the moon, which is mad, the coldest side of the moon, and it's due to land pretty much at the end of u k south heritage asian month or u k asian heritage month i mean um and it's just incredible that At the same time as the UK is celebrating this one thing, our South Asian homeland counterparts are launching this mental scientific experiment, launching this rocket that goes into space. And right now, I don't know if you'll be able to see it, but it is orbiting the Earth. And each circle it does of the Earth, it gets wider and wider and wider. And eventually it's going to go in a straight line and and land on the South whole it's amazing so look guys this month celebrates and fosters the understanding appreciate appreciation and celebration of asian south asian cultural diversity um, in the uk and, and what we bring to the social economic and artistic fabric of this country and it's also a platform to address issues that we faced right and a platform to address things like promoting the inclusivity and cohesion of our cultures. One thing, you know, I remember, um, one thing is like, you know, Britain, for a lot of us, is our homeland. We've been born here. But if they took our passports away, would we survive going back to the motherland? Just a question I've got out there. I don't know because I know that when we go to India we're foreigners like we're Ferengi uh, we are proper foreigners and when we're in the UK yes we're British born with bred. this is our heritage this is our roots as well but but it's not it's just the land we live on right and I don't know what you think about this and I would love to know what you think about this and you know one of the things that I I want to bring to the Brown Girl Rising community is sisterhood. And so, you know, bringing that community together, enabling us to rise together, having that place of empowerment, connection and sacred healing. And, you know, because there is a lot to heal as Brown Girls in our community. Our parents are parents of our parents are born in this colonial times our grandparents were not but our parents are born in a time of colonialism and we are the result of those parents and we have a lot of healing to do for them and their lineage as well as for us and the only way we can do that is by keeping our communities our culture our art our science our sisterhood alive and I'm so thankful for South Asian Heritage Month for coming at this time and as I said bringing those communities together this sisterhood back together to stop the fighting to stop this whole pitting women against each other the comparison the competition that we faced from our colonial parents you know, I was compared to as much as I, I look back with so much joy and love and happiness at that, you know, community that my mum my and my dad had created through his college friends. I got compared to some of the children that were born at the same time. I got compared because I wasn't as clever, I didn't know maths as as well, I had potential, I was too talkative, I was too loud, I got compared that I was too big and that is work that I need to heal on and I have been healing on and I want to heal with you and one thing I just want to invite you guys to is I am holding the first ever Brown Girl Rising Sacred Sister Circle on the 10th of September 2023 in Marlow at the Wellness Barn and I am so freaking excited to bring you together. This this sacred sister circle is is all about you. It's all about South Asian women coming together. South Asian women leaning into our feminine energy away from this masculine because you know before colonialism we were so feminine you know even our masculine counterparts they had this beautiful energy of being connected and nourishing each other families were a big thing come into that colonial life And we get separated, patriarchy becomes the dominant thing and it's all about work, work, work and it's all about women becoming independent. And yes, we still are independent but we want to come together, we want to connect, we want to support, we want to nurture ourselves, we want to nurture each other, we want to share experiences and grow. We are going into a new paradigm and darlings, I want to take you with me. So join me on the 10th of September, right, we do not want to be independent of our sisters anymore, and that meaningful connection is everything, but along the way, we want to heal, we don't want this, um, how do I explain it, you know, that, 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 that front staging, and that back staging like, you go to a wedding, and everyone, oh my god, I saw my sister, I saw my brother, I saw everyone, my family, This I'm talking about our parents, you know, like, they used to love going to these events, but as they went away from these events and I remember going on the journeys home it'd be like oh my sister did this my brother did this I don't you know why would they, why did they not why do they not do this and why do they not kind of in, include me in this that and the other I don't want that anymore let's get rid of that veil let's stop competing And let's come together. So I invite you to the very first Brown Girl Rising Sacred Sister Circle on the 10th of September from 10 o'clock till one o'clock at the Wellness Barn in Marlow. And this is my personal invitation to you. And it's your chance to join an intimate gathering of women who are coming together to connect, support and empower each other in a safe space. And you know, on the day, there will be mindful movement There will be grounding, there will be meditation and connection to mama earth and your breath. There will be dance and joy practices. I will be bringing all, and I say all, my oracle cards for you guys to pull and read and connect to your bodies and your souls, as well as connect to other sisters. And it's a chance to celebrate you. Share whatever's in your mind, connect with each other without judgment, get some help, get some advice. And you know, my goal is for you to leave feeling calm, honoured in your body, safe, happy, blissful. And for you to leave feeling so light, so light with connections that maybe you wouldn't have got beforehand. So guys, if you are interested in joining the Sacred Sister Circle, head to either browngirl.rising on Instagram and go to the link in the bio. Head to the Brown Girl Rising Facebook group and it's in there as an event. You've also got um, my website, which is a beta website, so you can head there. It's unlimitedurishi.podia, And you can find all the details of the Sacred Sister Circle in the show links below. Already, some of the spaces is gone. So guys, there are a few spaces left. I would love you to join me. It is the 10th of September. Make time for yourself. Make time for you to empower yourself. Be part of a sister squad. Embody your feminine energy. And honestly, rise together. So guys, I'm Uri Rishi. as I said you can find me across all the socials, I'm on threads as well but I'm not saying much on there right now um, but it is unlimited Uri Rishi across all the socials, browngirl.rising across Instagram and Facebook and the beta website is P O D I A. Dot com you can find all the events including this sister circle including the thailand retreat next year we still do have one space remaining and including the uh, networking event this september on the jurassic coast and of course i am available for you to have your one-to-one path to purpose free course with me and also work with me should you want to and wish to rise and live your soul's purpose and live in a state of joy love and happiness every single day you can work with me one-to-one on my life coaching um dharma and spiritual life coaching program as well so guys thank you so much for giving me the time and your your energy um to listen to this beautiful podcast and i will see you on the next one